There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to Not Another Mummy podcast. I'm Alison Perry and you're listening to episode seven. My guest today is Robin Wilder, who is one of my favourite journalists. She writes for magazines like Elle and Grazia. She's the parenting columnist for The Pool, which is one of my favourite websites. And whenever I see Robin's byline pop up, or if I see on Twitter that she tweets out a link to something she's written, I will always read it because she is brilliant. So go and read everything she's ever written. Um, She's also a mum. She's a mum to two-year-old Herbie. And when we chatted two weeks ago to record this podcast... Uh, she was heavily pregnant. She was very fed up, as you will hear, with how pregnant she was. She just wanted to have the baby. And since then, she has had a little boy called Ned, which is lovely. So when we chatted, we spoke about social media, the highs and lows of social media, uh, you know, the positive things like building amazing friendships with women you would never have met otherwise, and also the negative sides of social media, which we're all aware of. Um, other things we caught up about were things like slightly sexist nursery rhymes that you find yourself singing to your kids without realising it, and how much you know technology, how much we use our phones around our kids and the effect that might have on them. So we covered a wealth of topics, and it was really interesting to chat to Robin, so I hope you enjoy this. So welcome, Robin Wilder, to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to talk to you. Um, so you are mum to two year old, two year old Herbie. Yep, two point six year old Herbie. Yeah, two and a half. And you've got one on the way, haven't yes. you? And how are you feeling? I know you've spoken, <laughs> you've spoken a little bit about this on social media, but tell me, how are you feeling? I'm feeling awful. I feel I'm. Uh, 38 weeks pregnant today and I gave birth to Herbie when he uh, at 38 weeks and I'm only five foot and the baby's measuring three weeks ahead so I'm knackered um uh yeah I'm ready to have this baby out you're ready yeah yeah I've been in the hospital a lot lately just with lots and lots of labor scares uh, which turned out to be nothing so then it's got to the point where I go to maternity and they go, oh, hello again. How have you been? Which is nice, but you don't really want that situation, do you? No, no. no. I'm just ready to, to have the baby. You're ready. Um, and how do, you, how do you imagine it will be different second time around compared to when you were a first-time mum with Herbie? Do you think there'll be less Googling? Why is my baby crying? Yes, hopefully. I think um, there'll be less 
us treating the baby like it's a miracle and more us putting the baby in a sling and doing whatever Herbie needs to do, um, which is the trend, I think, amongst all the mums, the second-time mums I've seen. It's mm. just like, well, I already have one of these, so um, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully... Like, last time, um, it was such a big body shock, and I'm sure it's going to be a big body shock again, but I sort of stayed at home for about a month. I had a C-section last, an emergency C-section, um, so I couldn't really move around too much. Um, apart from on the third day home from hospital, I took Herbie out to the seaside in January. No. Yeah, in a sling. We had fish and chips. Oh, my goodness. I was just like, I have to get out. Yeah. And the, just did the most stupid thing. But sometimes that is needed, isn't it? You almost need to just get out. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what it takes. Well, yeah. Just even going outside was such a big, big shock because, I don't, I don't know, it just the baby is so small and mm. so new and mm. so like paper yeah and everything outside is hard and sharp and scary and and I had all these because I had um a slightly traumatic birth I had all these uh kind of unwanted images coming into my head so like the baby falling down the stairs accidentally yeah. oh. or just like me leaving him yeah so why would I leave him yeah. somewhere he's like all I can think about is the baby I think that's quite common though did yeah. you have that thing where you would wake up in the middle of the night thinking that the baby was on you and that you'd fallen asleep and oh yes no rummaging in the duvet yes. for the baby yeah always which is really common I did that so many times <laughs> and then I read on like all like you know, the baby centre forums you know that yeah. everyone does it your brain just goes crazy it's a form of madness and it is and it's not just a sleep deprivation i think it is the shock to the system and it's the fact that you are all of a sudden responsible for this tiny human yes. who is relying on you for everything ever yeah ever. <laughs> you say forever but they get to two yeah and they can you know walk around get themselves something to eat <laughs> now, on the telly yeah now he's like mommy remote control <laughs> Paw patrol please <laughs> Which I think shows the extent of my parenting now that I'm pregnant. I'm just like, whatever. Let's, you can watch The Exorcist. I don't yeah, exactly. You, as long as I can put my feet up, it doesn't really matter. You've got to lower your standards. Well, yeah. And I think I think with the new baby, I'll have to lower them even further. Like, Herbie, I can't sit in my pyjamas and watch True Detective for three weeks with a baby on me. Because I have a toddler. So I'm going to have to go to, like, his trampolining thing and swimming. and Well, maybe not swimming if I have a C-section, but... I'm still going to have to get out and do normal stuff yeah. and I'm going back to work quite soon so um yeah it won't be I won't be in I think the bubble will be quite short yeah for the new baby do you think that I think that if I had a second that would probably benefit me quite quite greatly yeah. because I feel like if I was in that bubble for too long there would be a risk I postnatal depression first time around and I right. think that there would be a risk of me kind of sinking into a bit of a hole whereas if you were yeah. forced by you know the fact you've got a child and you've got a routine and you've got things outside of your home to do yes that would probably help yes definitely yeah I, I definitely sank into a hole I had health visitors coming around going have you gone out today and I'd say no there's like I haven't finished gossip girl <laughs> so why would I go out I've got biscuits um, so I did the opposite. I basically would go out and pound the streets with my baby in the pram just because I had to be out and I had to, I couldn't be in the house. Really? But, but I did it in quite a manic way. So I would be, I'd be like pounding the streets. And if it was raining, I'd be pounding the Glades shopping centre in Bromley and like <laughs> only stopping to feed my child and have a cup of coffee. And then, <laughs> like, this this crazed lady going in and out of Zara with the, the, with the pram, you know. 
Well, why wouldn't you? The Glades is amazing. It is. It really is. <laughs> you must have spent so much time in Tiger. And so much money. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I No, yeah, I, I think I did that second. I got scared by people, though, because I... Um, like, one of the first times I took Herbie out in a, in a sling, this woman in M&S, where I was just quite happily browsing, she just went, aren't you afraid that you would trip over and he'd die? Ugh. Such, a, wasn't, such but, a helpful thing to say. Yeah, just you're very brave to carry him like that. I'd be worried about squashing him. Uh, and, uh, you know, you just sort of, I don't need to add that to my list no. of worries. And I think two, two things were prevalent for me, especially in that kind of hormonal PND bubble that I, I didn't really know I had until I got diagnosed with it. Mm. Um, First, I've, I have mental health problems dating back. So I used to have agoraphobia. Okay. In my early 20s, I suddenly started having panic attacks um, when I went out. So it wouldn't, it, I'd be all right if I were outside, but if I were going to somewhere like a shopping centre or, mm. or on a bus or anywhere in clothes that was public, I would start to just feel ill and then faint. Oh my so goodness. I didn't know there were panic attacks for ages. I, I'd had the flu recently, so I just, for about three weeks, I went, this is clearly relapse. Yeah. Uh, but then I'd come home and I'd be fine. Um, and it turned out it was they were panic attacks and agoraphobia can happen when you... So you have the panic attack. You don't know it's a panic attack. You avoid the place where you have a panic attack and that makes it stronger. Right. And then you avoid everywhere and that turns into agoraphobia. Ah. So you just, you literally can't go anywhere. And I had that for a, a total of four years. I was ha- officially housebound. Um, and... It, you know, I, I'm better now, obviously. I had, went to therapy and I did exposure therapy and I'm now I can travel and everything's fine. But it, you know, leaves a long shadow. Yeah. And I think that kind of kicked in again. And I went, oh, well, outside is dangerous. Right. Um, and also the other thing that happened was people liked to comment. And I think everyone gets this as a new mum. People just walk up to you and say stuff. But also because I am a different colour from Herbie... So Herbie is a little blue-eyed, blonde, curly boy. And I'm, at the moment, I'm very brown, but I'm several different colours all over my body because I have a nice farmer's tan going. Um, but I, because I'm, I'm mixed race, so I'm Asian and European and Latin. Okay. So I've got it, I've got it all going on. Yeah. But yeah, people would just, like one woman just outright accused me of stealing the baby. You're joking. No. <gasps> And, you know, you all you feel very nervous and vulnerable anyway when yeah. you're out. And plus I had these kind of mental health issues. Plus I had PTSD and PND. Oh, my goodness. And then just people would come up and say... Or, or just come up in the supermarket and go, did you adopt him? <gasps> people uh, are so rude. <laughs> just, the, the best one was when I was in Waterstones and this woman came up and just went, um, your English is very good or something. And are, are you au pairing in the country? No, and she asked me how much I charge. And I didn't know what she was talking about um and then i said no oh no i cottoned on i said this is my son and she went your son your natural son i was like no he's a robot obviously um have people never heard of mixed race marriages mixed (laughs) relationships i mean i can understand because people sort of you know you sort of even i thought herbie will be will have brown hair and brown eyes because even though my husband is blonde and blue-eyed that's the it's the recessive gene isn't it yeah but when he was born, I didn't go, he can't be mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> did, did he come out of another hole? You know, was I carrying him for somebody else? You know, but this woman literally didn't stop asking questions. She was like, was it IVF? 
And I even answered her, even though, like, how, even if it were IVF, what, still, what? It's so interesting though, isn't it? How, whether you're pregnant or a new mum, people feel like they have the right to comment, whether it's in person, like you've experienced, or online. Yes. And, you know, with opinions and judgments and that doesn't happen, you know, in in other situations. No, no. I mean, I have a theory, especially with parenting, that, um, it's such a massive thing. You have a baby, and like you've had a baby, you 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 know you you can walk around being as pregnant as you like and and having baby showers, and it's all very cute. And then you have a person, mm. you give birth to a human, mm. and you have to look after that human, learn to look after that human, and look after yourself all at the same time. Mm. It's such a massive deal that I think it breaks some people's brains, and they think that because they got through it, they're entitled to comment on your situation. Yeah. Um, but you're not. You're just not. No. Zip it. Yes. Keep your opinion to yourself. But I, I find myself. I found myself doing it with my sister-in-law when she was pregnant. I just kind of like I just she was saying, oh well, you know, I'm pregnant. And I'm I'm gonna go to the gym, and I just came out with, don't do lunges. <laughs> don't don't well, do. What is the danger with lunges? I don't know about this. Might the baby drop out? I I saw a personal trainer when I was pregnant, and for some reason she said that I shouldn't do lunges. Oh. I didn't question it. Right. But it's not my place to suddenly... Like, my friend was... Uh, she, she just... Oh, no, no, my sister was She was like, I'm going to go shopping. I was like, don't buy soft cheese. Shut up, Robin. <sighs> suddenly you're the expert on yeah. everything pregnancy and you will... Maybe it's something that's inbuilt in us all. You know, Maybe. Once we've been through that experience, we must impart the advice, whether it's wanted or not. I had to stop... I had to literally, like, sit on my hands. But then I, I just think people's brains just flip out. Like, when... Before I, I ever got pregnant, I used to I used to be slightly afraid of pregnant women. Oh, really? Why? Just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's just the otherness of it. And I think, mm. maybe they're psychic. Can mm. she tell what I'm thinking? <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to say to one. Pregnant then? As if being pregnant would be the only thing in going on in their life. And they'd only be able yeah. to talk about pregnancy and babies. Yeah. They are now almost a mum. Yeah. Oh, but I I don't know how to relate to that. Yeah. I I so I I think if I can be an idiot, then you know other people. We'll let them off, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So social media. What kind of role has social media had in your life from in terms of like motherhood? So from pregnancy through Herbie to kind of now. Oh, massive! I think really because when I fell pregnant do you say full pregnant it's, it's a weird phrase isn't it <laughs> oops I've fallen pregnant <laughs> fell into the pregnancy yeah. slipped and fell um yeah I was I was working at BuzzFeed where everyone is five um it wasn't bad or anything but it was a bit like so can you drink beer was like, <laughs> how does your pregnancy affect us yeah. will you still be drinking beer with us <laughs> it was a bit it was a bit like that but just lots of people going so have your boobs leaked today just you know it, it it was fine. Mm. Um, it was when BuzzFeed UK was in its infancy. So everyone was like straight out of university. I was there, 59 years old, you know, <laughs> writing my content. Um, but yeah, so I worked in this very young industry and I worked and none of my friends had kids, even though we were all sort of in our 30s. Um, and plus, Stu and I decided to move out of London um, to Kent. So... We moved when I was eight months pregnant, and all the stuff leading up to that. Obviously, I was less pregnant, but we couldn't. We didn't fall into any NCT group. 
Just there was nothing. Mm. So all I had were... And I, I, I don't have a relationship with my mother, so she wasn't really there to impart any advice. I don't have any female siblings. Um, so I, I literally was doing this in a vacuum. Mm. All I knew was the internet. And following other mums journeys on social media was a lot more uh it was pretty I don't know really helpful quite mm. immediate um and I think it was once I had Herbie suddenly all these other mums sprang up and I decided to write a a blog um and even now a few months ago oh no about a year but 18 months ago, I started a thing called 6am Club. Mm. So I, I wrote on Instagram, does anyone else not know any mums? Could Do you want someone in your phone at like four o'clock when you're feeding? Should we all get together? So we all started this WhatsApp group. Oh, really? Yeah, and there's a Facebook group too. Um, and it's just it just provides a sort of lifeline for people. And how many people have you got on there? Altogether, about 60. Okay. Um but they're all people who commented on my Instagram posts yeah. and whose Instagrams I followed. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Yeah, so so for me, social media has been massive in normalising motherhood and also for aspirational motherhood. Like, I don't think Herbie would uh, have half of his clothes if it wasn't for people with their um, gender-free designer organic cotton it's leggings. quite dangerous in that way though isn't it because oh, you are just so like poor. you know you get influenced to buy these yes. organic cotton leggings for boys and they look amazing they do look amazing until they go in the garden yeah <laughs> yeah so the benefits of social media then like you know it feels like it's been it really it really has supported you and helped you and facilitated you to make genuine connections with people yes which yeah. is amazing um the downside of that, have you been, have you experienced anything, you know, where it comes to like the comparison or envy or perhaps feeling like your life doesn't measure, live up, measure yeah. up to the, you know, the lives that you're seeing on social media? I think, yeah, in the beginning there were so many shiny mums, uh, largely sort of American, but I, I don't know, I don't know. I found it more with blogs, there would always be these incredible, like, it seemed to me that you could only be a mum if you all of your life had been leading up to this point. Right, yeah. So if you were a scrapbooking mum, if you were a scrapbooker from an early age, you knew all the names that you wanted for your children. Um, uh, sorry about all the industry that seems to be happening outside. What is happening over there? Well, it's um, it used to be a printer's, and now it's an <laughs> industrial estate. Ah. It, yeah, so when we when we moved here, it was very quiet. Oh. Now it's literally diggers outside That's the window. That's so annoying. It is very annoying. Herbie loves it. Yeah, oh yeah, I bet he does. Digger! Does um, he watch from a top window? Yes. Amazing. Yeah, every morning. No, mummy, that's a bulldozer. <laughs> and that's an excavator. So I, at least I know what the... I don't know what the difference between a dig. They all dig. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, sorry, sorry for all the uh, noise. <laughs> but yeah, I found blogs much more um, oppressive... Mm. than social media I mean now I guess who I follow on Instagram in particular are quite clearly delineated from the people I want to be from the people I feel I might be mm. um, and I, I quite like Instagram for the snapshots it gives yeah um, I found it quite hard with Herbie because he was a very needy baby 
it was hard to look on Instagram and see people with their easy babies. Yeah. But then I connected with people like our friend uh, Rachel, Doran, who's, who's brilliant. She has a very needy baby. He still doesn't sleep. Susie, uh, Susie Farrell and Milo was, didn't have the easiest ride of it. No. Um, and she had a fairly traumatic birth as well. So we connected in that way. Yeah. Just just like 4am going, my baby's not asleep. Is your baby asleep? No, my baby's not asleep. <laughs> Um, plus we have a, a shared love of <laughs> serial killers. We're both quite nerdy about that kind of thing. So yeah, 4am breastfeeding, talking about Ted Bundy. It's totally great. normal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, it was just nice to have, to see that side of it. Mm. Um, I think Instagram can be good in that it can be a bit sort of, hi, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm here I am in my infinity pool yeah. with my you know five babies yeah um which which and my incredibly white house that doesn't have any fingerprints all over it um let's not look too too (laughs) closely at my white walls (laughs) they look fine from here i tell you (laughs) honestly um but i think i think there's a sort of newer breed of mum who's come up who's trying to sort of make things nice but also acknowledging how hard it is to be. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's funny though, isn't it? Because, you, you know, I think, like, like you say, the kind of traditionally bloggers, Instagrammers, it's been very much like, Look at my lovely life. Look at my pretty things. Look at my yeah. how happy we are. You know, motherhood. I'm so blessed to be a mother. I'm so I was born to be. You know, to to give this life and nurture it. But then it feels like there was definitely a backlash with yeah. mums. Uh, you know, coming forward and saying, actually, this is a bit shit and this is hard. And you know, I'm giving my kid fish fingers for tea and they're chucking it across the room and refusing to eat it. And my life somewhere in between those. I don't know about yes, you, yeah. But I, I would kind of say that now there's maybe a more balanced crowd coming through, where it's like sometimes my life's lovely and my child is an angel, and sometimes I just really want to sit in the corner crying. Yes, and that's kind of normal. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to. I had to write a couple of features for people like Elle about how Instagram. Um, so I, oh, I did one where I, for a week I had to be completely honest and it was the worst week I had hay fever <laughs> so did you actually like, do it I always wonder when I read magazine features <laughs> where they're saying I set myself a challenge to be honest for a week did that journalist actually do it 
I did do it, but what what was a bit worrying is that nobody seemed to notice it was any different from my other outfit. I was like, hey, sometimes I put nice pictures on the internet, just like not ones of my washing up. And I did an ode to my trainers, which I had to throw away. And I was trying to describe how bad they smelled because <laughs> they started off as running trainers and I stopped running. So, right. Um, I think I think that was a turning point for me, though, because it made me a bit more candid about how, how I feel. Because I, I, I obviously I have mental health issues. Um, things have been going on that aren't, aren't great all the time. And, and I, especially in this third trimester of this pregnancy, I've just been having crappy time after crappy time. Not particularly crappy. Mm. Not like I haven't had a miscarriage or anything, mm. but it's, it's not been fun. Yeah. Um, plus, in the last year, my mum, my who I don't have a good relationship with, um, for various reasons, is now terminally ill. Right. So I've I've been sort of balancing parenting with going, and she lives quite far away as well. Yeah. We're trying to sort that out, um, building, trying to build a relationship with her, and and um, that not working particularly well. I not I haven't gone into massive detail about it, but I have written about how it's not it's not fun. Yeah. I'm not having fun, um, and. It's hard as a journalist because, especially as a lifestyle a lifestyle journalist, because I kind of want to sum it all up with a happy ending. Yeah, I think the thing that we've all learned, you know, yeah, and, and get an expert to come in yes. and say, you know, this is how you should deal with it. And but what's good is that it's it is so open ended. You do get experts coming in and commenting. Yeah. So a lot of the activity, or the things that I found valuable about being candid on social media, have have occurred in the comments. Um, that I haven't really been part of. They've been mm. like psychologists coming in talking or people going through a similar thing mm. and then being coached by the psychologist. It's amazing that yeah. you are facilitating that happening to other people. It's great, yeah. And it means I, I don't I don't have to, you know, if I've got a toddler bouncing on my leg, I don't have yeah. to do it myself. You can let them sense. get on with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I get a lot from it and other people get a lot from it. Yeah. I think. Um, do, you, do you find it hard you know because if you you know it, it's brilliant to be honest and to say I'm finding today really hard and this is why do you find it hard a to not be so if you're having a bad week for example yes. to be constantly doom and gloom because you don't want to turn people off but also b if you're having a really bad day well if I'm having a really bad day sometimes I feel like I feel so shit or I feel so kind of flat and low today that I can't think of how to formulate a snappy Instagram caption (laughs) to sum up how I'm feeling, even if I know that doing that will somehow help other people. I think, I I find it difficult sometimes when you follow some people, uh, I I think we all know people on Facebook like this who are, I'm having a really bad day, you okay, hun, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And it's, easy to feel uncharitable about them it really is which is terrible isn't it well is it <laughs> i see i i have a policy of not commenting on those status yes, updates same. even even though it's tempting just to write you okay hun just just as a, for lols <laughs> um i yeah i just yeah. i just don't comment well yeah and i think if you have too many of those updates, you're going to be the you're going to get relegated into that yeah. into that sort of section of people that people you just don't want to deal with those. People. Well, people don't take you seriously. No, it's like the boy who cried wolf. Yeah, isn't it? exactly. I think this is how the midwives are feeling about me now when I go in and I'm like, "Am I in labour?" And they're like, "No, you've got wind." <laughs> okay, I'll go. Um, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, so I what I like to do is... So I, I don't, I'm, I'm not, like, virtuous. I don't go, I will go onto social media today and today I'll help somebody. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> I just go, you know what? I, you know what I don't like? I don't like it when you're wearing flip-flops and they make that noise. Oh, that is just, quite annoying. It's really, it's like... Shh, shh, yeah. Uh, uh, and when you notice it, you can't unnotice exactly. it. Exactly. It's like being on a bus with an open, uh, open mouth chewer. Oh. Uh, and you just want to, you just, you just want to kill someone. Yeah. That person, preferably. Yes. Because they'll stop making that noise. Yeah. Um, but then you sit there and you just think very unkind thoughts about them. Mm. Like, where did, where did you grow up? <laughs> who taught you to do that? It was okay to do that. <laughs> That's what I like to put into social media to stop me doing it to actual people in public. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. If I'm having a really bad time um, and I want to talk about it because I want to get it off my chest, I, that's when I'll decide to do the post. And sometimes I'm a bit cryptic because I don't like to go, well, this has happened, this mm-hmm. is what's going on. But just, just to say, I'm not feeling great yeah. and that's okay. I think it's fine to not put everything out there. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's fine to, it's fine to choose how much of your life you impart. Like, there's no, there's no shame in that. No, I'm having to dial it down with this pregnancy as well because I, I think every one of my posts at the moment is just me going, I hate it, I hate this. Why am I not having a baby right now? I'm so tired. Um, You're the poster girl for hating pregnancy, I, aren't you? Well, it's just, yeah, I mean, Stu's pretty tired of it. Everyone's pretty tired. I'm just, I can't, um, I can't get up from a chair without making a noise. It's that old man kind of like, oh, <laughs> kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just re- so ready for it to be over. I think, yeah. in a way, I think this is why people sequestered people late in pregnancy, because they just go, oh, just shut up, just go and sit in a hut. Just talk to the wall about your problems. I know you have a uterus. Let's all calm down. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think at the moment I might be going towards my limit of oversharing. And I'm just trying to stop it now. Yeah. Just trying to... It's, which is easy because Herbie is much more easy to Instagram because he, the latest thing he's done is uh, he's started getting obsessed with nursery rhymes. And... <laughs> Clearly, Stu and I are not modulating our language around him enough because, like, the latest thing he went, he, he did was yesterday. He was going, "The wheels on the bus go." Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't believe it. <laughs> did you see the thing on um, Instagram? I think it's Mush. I don't know if you follow. Oh, yeah. you, you've written that. You've written yeah, bits yeah. from them, haven't you? And they put a thing on Instagram yesterday, which was basically um, pulling up that that nursery rhyme for the mums on the bus go <gasps> chatter, chatter, chatter. Yes. And it's like, yes, that is so, that's so bad. It is awful. I, there I are so many it. things like that, though, aren't there, where you, you just mindlessly sing them to your kid and then you're like, actually, that's really sexist. Well, I've, I've got a nursery rhyme book and they're all like, uh, you know, <laughs> we're going to send this book. This is actually about a boy going up a chimney to earn his wage because he's five and that's what you do when you're five. And you're like, oh my God, I can't teach him that. Um <laughs> But I, I remember one of the first times I went to pay group with the, with Herbie when he was a baby, and I was like, this is not for me. Because all these, like, Stepford mums were sitting around going, uh, oh, yeah, the, the mummy's on... No, the dad, the daddy's on the bus. Go, shh, read the paper. Shh, read... And I was like, this is not okay. This is terrible. This, what are we teaching them? And they were like, oh, oh, oh daddies. Oh. They were just laughing among themselves, but, like, that's what daddies are like. like no, we... This is 2016 yeah. at the time. Um Daddies aren't supposed to be shushing you and reading the paper. That's 
That's awful. And I think that I think it's important to challenge those stereotypes and yes. to be that person as much as everyone hates you, to be that person going, actually this isn't okay, you guys, we shouldn't be singing this. Even if everybody around you rolls their eyes and goes, Ugh, one of them are you? You're feminist. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh. Where do you stand on sharenting, as they call it? Um, you know, how much people are sharing of their kids online and the effect that might have on their kids and Well, I sharent like a mofo. I'm the sharent queen. My my poor son is my content. <laughs> um I think I think the minute for personally, the minute that Herbie starts to feel or expresses any disinterest in it. Yeah. Um, I will stop. He's already started saying, Mummy, put phone down. Which <laughs> Mummy, put phone down, please. Um, or he's started he started requesting <laughs> requesting Instagrams. So Herbie on slide? And okay, let's look at Herbie on slide. Hilarious. Um but yeah, the minute he starts acting like he's not comfortable with it, I will stop it. Mm. Um but I think parents parents have sharented um for ages you know it's just more ubiquitous now yeah um before instagram there was facebook yeah before that there was myspace i suppose i don't oh, yeah. i don't really people, know people, people must have done myspace yeah back in the day flicker f- f- oh god flicker. I remember flicker yeah i remember flicker when it was when it had chat oh really yeah i remember, I remember when it that. just launched um because i'm very very old <laughs> and a big old nerd um, but I have mixed feelings about it. Obviously, I think kids deserve their privacy. Mm. Um, but I remember one of, the, one of the very first photos I put of Herbie on Instagram. Someone commented, "Pedophile has already probably wanked off to this." <gasps> which is the... Oh my goodness! Someone you knew this head that no, or a stranger, just, just, a, just a stranger. Just, like, but you're funny. Yeah. Why? Oh, so I. I, I don't know. I think you can be too protective. Yeah. I think you just need to see what works for you. Yeah, I think that, that, I mean, it's like with every aspect of parenting, isn't it? You've got yeah. to see what works for you. Do you worry about um, something you said that Herbie has said to you, get off your phone, mummy, and I've had that countless times. So I'll be sitting watching a film with my six-year-old and I'll slyly have my phone <laughs> by my side and I'll when she's not looking, I'll get my phone and I'll start like looking on Instagram and as soon as she spots I've got my phone, she's like, mummy, mummy, watch <gasps> the film. And she'll test me on something that's happened and I'll be like... <laughs> Oh well, this has just happened, and that just happened. Um, when they yeah. start testing you, oh my goodness! But I do, I do have this kind of fear that my tech and social media consumption will have a negative impact on her. Not because of the amount of time I, I may or may not be spending with her, or the right. attention I'm giving to her. Because back in the day, I mean, you saying you know the daddy sitting with the paper, but my dad did used to sit at the breakfast yeah. table reading the paper, yeah. and that's you know we weren't given constant attention no no when my we were used kids. to give us like a box of scarves and go and sit and read a novel and, um, it, and, it, and we're fine and I'm, yes. and, I, and I'm not one of those people who subscribes to the well we were fine therefore nothing should ever change kind of point of view but we were fine yep. and I and I think that giving your children 100% attention all the time is probably a quite a bad thing but I do yeah. worry about um, her growing up, my daughter growing up, to be constantly attached to a device. Yes. And 
she's already kind of said things to me like, um, oh, mummy, um, can I make a can I make a, a, a video for Instagram? Like, as in on my Instagram. Right. But it's only going to matter of time before she asks for her own Instagram, yeah. and that's a whole world of hell that I'm not willing to go down. No. Quite yet, anyway. No. Until she's 18. <laughs> 18? Well, yeah. I, my nanny, her daughter, has just um, got her own Instagram account. How old is she? 11. Um, and I, I, my husband's nieces, or possibly cousins, I don't really know how it works, second cousins, I think, mm. they're like teenagers and they've got their own Instagrams. And all they say is like, they take pictures of each other and their friends and like she's so sexy and like sexy is a is a term i so my attitude to this is i'm not going to deal with it until it happens Mm -hmm. um but i do less so now that i'm heavily pregnant and i can't get about but i do make it a policy not to not to be on my phone the entire time because i don't want herbie to think that's how you communicate with people yeah um i i like my phone (laughs) Because I'm a little bit socially awkward and I prefer, I, I, I don't know, I, I guess I don't, I don't have that many sort of close friends here in Ashford. Um, so I find it easier to communicate with people, like my best friend who lives in London, yeah. um, through, through the medium of phone. But I think the other thing is phones are going to become, I think with technology expanding the way it is, um, a phone is just going to be one thing that you communicate with people mm. on. So you communicate with them on the TV. Mm. Video chat will be a thing that just happens all the time. We've got an, uh, an Amazon Alexa thing that we use to... like. St- <laughs> we use it to time things and to play music. Yeah. Um, Herbie's got to the point where he's... Like, if we talk to Alexa, he goes, Ten minutes, Alexa! <laughs> yeah, we've got a Google Home. And so my six-year-old's like, Hey, Google, play Ed Sheeran. She's obsessed with Ed Sheeran, honestly. But yeah, it's like, yeah, you're right. Because like, even a few years ago, that would have been unfathomable unfathomable that, um, yeah, that we'd, we'd be interacting with technology in that way. Yeah, I saw a, a, a meme the other day on Instagram, which was like, uh, you know, ten years ago there's a wiretap on my house. That's what you're thinking. And like nowadays, you're like, wiretap, uh, how do I make spaghetti bolognese? <laughs> exactly. Everyone is listening. But yeah, I think, I think if you zero in on... I used to be a technology journalist. So my personal opinion is that you shouldn't pay attention to the type of technology that you're using, but how you address technology in general. Right. So I'm, I'm trying to use it as a... lifestyle enhancement we've got a smart tv i've got a smart phone they're all different ways of connecting with one one thing yeah um i have i suppose inbuilt monitors on what i share online um so hopefully herbie will pick up on how i my manners Mm. with technology with people i think it's it's all part of one thing yeah that makes sense i'm yeah. starting to sound a bit zen no 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 that, that makes <laughs> loads of sense and i also think it's probably about us making sure because as we get older we i think that there is a responsibility for us to keep up with yes. technology and to know exactly it, it's really dangerous i think to kind of feel a bit complacent with technology and know, you know, yeah. well, I, I think I know everything there is and I, I understand how it all works. 
Um, and at the moment, my six-year-old, she's been asking to have a game called Roblox, I think it's called, on her iPad. Right. And from what I can tell, it has it's a, it, an online live, you play other people, right. and there's messaging on there. Right. I am just like, no way, you are six years old. Yeah. There is no way I'm putting a game on your iPad. No. But so many parents might get asked, Oh, mummy, can I have this free game called Roblox put on my um, on my iPad? Yeah, yeah, of course, not a problem. Yeah. And unless you're aware that yeah, these games to, exist to. that have messaging, you wouldn't have a clue. No, no. I think my my. I, I would say if we could play it together, but you can only do it if I'm there to you. Yeah, I'm doing it with you. Yeah. I also have this um, idea because although I've been into technology forever, I've ne- I never really got into online gaming. Mm. Um, so I've decided that in my dotage, that's that's what I'm going to do. That I'm going to that's what I'm going to spend my time learning how to play Call of Duty. And, Amazing. Yeah, I love it. I don't have to go anywhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> order in delivery. Play uh, <laughs> that granny. Life goals. I yeah. love it. I love it. Right, quick fire questions okay. for you, Robin. Um, you used to work for BuzzFeed, did you not? Yes. What's the best BuzzFeed article that you've ever seen? <gasps> oh, oh, that's so hard. Um, I used to really like the parenting hacks ones until I realised that they're just far too much trouble. Are you having trouble sorting your aqua beads? Why not do them by colour? Shut up. No. <laughs> um, uh, I think, okay, for, for brevity's sake, I think I'm going to say one of mine. Um, the two pieces I was really proud of, really proud of. Um, one I did, uh, uh, I, I, I ordered cheese in terms of importance. Um, and I have such an uneducated palate that I received death threats for doing so. Oh my goodness. Did you have things like smoked applewood on there? I did. I also had American cheese. Right. Because you can't have a burger without American cheese. Absolutely not. Um, and the other thing I did was the pie map of Britain. Okay. Um, you know, from what they're called in Scotland, to like macaroni pies. I yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, down to down to sort of the different types of pasty that you have um, in the southwest. So I was quite comprehensive. Top quality journalism. Yes, very important. Love it, love it. Um, what things did you buy as an expectant mum first time around that you're like, uh, nah, don't need that this time around? Um, I bought travel system, mm. which I could never get on the bus. Uh, I was too weenie to kind of lift up and change into the the car seat thing. So yeah, I've got my I've got my stocky. Yeah. Stocker. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. I am. Um, I was a massive kind of snob, um, kind of inverse snob in a weird way when I um was a new mum. I was like, I'm not buying a bugaboo because like <laughs> I don't want to be one of those bugaboo mums. Like they just buy a bugaboo because it's what everyone's got. I'm not getting one. And then I remember like you kind know, of six, eight months down the line going, I really wish I had one. They look so light and neat and handy to get on oh. the bus. Um, listen, Robin, the final question. Um, what's in your bag? So I don't have a handbag anymore. I have a tote. A canvas tote. A canvas tote. Um, my tote is uh, here because it carries my maternity notes. Right. Which are actually out, but pretend we've got maternity notes in here. <laughs> a maternity pad. Nice. Just in case. My maternity belt. Yep. Because it's good for walking, but not for sitting down. A vest, because I need to put something on under my maternity belt. 
So the maternity belt, that's for, is that to help with SPD? Well, I don't know. I don't have official SPD, but my back is killing me. Right. And my, because my belly's hanging so low. Just it's it supports. dragging down. Yeah. yeah. Um, sunglasses. Gaviscon. This is like the, 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 the perfect pregnant <laughs> lady's handbag, isn't it? Gaviscon. Tissues. And a receipt from going to see Dunkirk last night. Ah. That's what's go. in my bag. I am very underprepared. But this is my underprepared bag. I also have a hospital bag. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So basically crap in this bag and everything I need for birth and labour in the other bag. All the useful stuff's in the other bag. Yeah. Excellent. Listen, Robin, thank you very much for being my guest on the podcast today. It's been so good to chat to you. Thank you so much for having me. I've had loads of fun. I'm sorry about my stomach making me this now. And the police outside. Have some Gaviscon. <laughs> thank you so much for listening it would be amazing if you could rate and review the podcast on itunes and i shall catch you next week for another episode imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.